Hi there, you're listening to the Steve Schramm Show, where we train Christians to become confident, passionate servants of Jesus so they can grow in their walk with God and share their faith more persuasively. Welcome to the show. From time to time, one of the topics that comes up is that of sin. And, you know, one of the main objections that atheists level against uh, the God of the Bible, and well, it's not necessarily an objection um, in the sense of a meaningful argument. What it is, is it's just a straight out rejection of a biblical worldview. And that is the idea that some things are um, objectively wrong, at, at least the things that uh, the Bible presents as being wrong are objectively wrong. And so you get this idea that there are things that, um, you know, you cannot do. And many of the uh, admonitions in scripture uh, and the warnings against sinful activity in scripture have to do with sins of a, a nature that is uh, sexual, that involves pleasure, that involves uh, the rejection of authority. And these things are very attractive to people in our society and in our culture. And it leads to this rejection. Well, there are different uh, ways that Christians can choose to respond to this. And I think some have responded to it well and properly. And I think some uh, different traditions over the years have responded to it not so well and improperly and maybe even um, completely wrong and, and, and bad. So one of the, the um, dangers to look out for when we're thinking about how to deal with sinfulness is the danger in, in, in making church and, and Christianity a sort of moralistic enterprise. Okay, so... You know, what I mean here is being good for goodness sake, so to speak, okay? And, and, the, and because you are um, trying to obey a list of rules to check a list of boxes that you are doing things in the right, and if you can kind of go through life and check all these boxes and follow all of these rules, then you will kind of have God's favor in your situation and in your life. And and it leads to this performance-based kind of Christianity, okay? It leads to the idea that your performance garners you some kind of additional standing or additional favor with God. And that is just not the reality of the situation. It's not what the Bible teaches, and it, it's not how God interacts with people. And you can find plenty of examples of how God does interact with people by actually reading through the scriptures, okay? Now, where does this kind of stem from? Well, I think there are so many things, so many different directions that we could go. But the one I want to cover today is really a misunderstanding of what sin is in the first place. What is sin? What what is it that makes sin, sin? What makes sin bad? Why should we not sin? And we were talking the other night in our men's uh, small group on Wednesday night uh, about this, and and the thought occurred to me in a way that it uh, has never occurred to me before. And I wanted to bring that out to you here today, and maybe this will give you a helpful thing to 
think about. So again, it's not as though sin is is sort of the failure to follow a bunch of rules in some sort of divine rule book. That's not really what's in what's in view. To understand sin, you have to understand the opposite of of sin, which is to be in God's will, you know, to be following God's will, God's plan, and according to God's wishes. And what we have when we do that is a relationship with God. God is our Father. Yes, God is much more than that. God is also judge. God is sovereign. God is all of these things. God is Savior. But God is our Father, and he interacts with us in that way. We have this relationship. Now, that means a bunch of things, right? It's 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 everything that that kind of relationship entails. Not only love, but chastisement and correction, okay? And guidance. These are the kind of things that we have that we get in a relationship with God. These are the things that should be mirrored in our earthly relationships. Many times they are not, but that's an unfortunate circumstance, okay? Um, our, our, our earthly relationships with our father, for example, should mirror that. Um, but of course, uh, taken uh, on the heavenly level, I mean, God God takes that much further, okay? So, but it's the same kind of thing going on. It's, it's a relationship of hopefully unconditional love while we understand that there are times of correction that need to be involved. Now, that means that to sin is to, in some sense, break fellowship, Okay, it's to compromise in some way the relationship. Okay, now not the integrity of the relationship itself, but and if we could just be really clear here, the integrity of the fellowship of the of the communion, if we want to think of it in those terms. Okay, so me. Um, my father uh, unfortunately passed away when I was 12 years old, but I'm just going to kind of use this as an example. Uh, if my father were living today, for me to to break the rules of my earthly father would do nothing to remove my status of sonship from him. However, it would, in fact, affect our relationship, at least for a period of time, our fellowship, our communion. So I'm wanting to kind of define how I'm using these terms very carefully. I don't want you to misunderstand me, okay? Our sonship with the Father is intact. In that sense, our relationship is intact. But in terms of our fellowship, that can be broken when we get further away from God and further away from God, and that is the, the direction that sin leads you. Now, the big deal about sin is that sin is a failure to approximate to the very standard and nature of God. I mean, that's a huge, huge deal. God is the ultimate. God is the sovereign. There is none greater than God. You've heard me say it before. For something to be greater than God, that being would be God. God is the maximally great being. It gets no bigger. It gets no better. I mean, those little arguments that you used to have in kindergarten about whose daddy was better. Well, I got news for you. You don't get any better. You don't get any better than the God of the Bible, than Yahweh. He is the supreme. He is the most high. He is the end all be all. He is the self-existent one, the all eternal one. Okay. The beginning and the end. 
It gets no better than him. And that means one of the things that that entails is the ultimate moral perfection. If somebody asks you, well, couldn't God be evil? The answer to that question is no, because we all understand what evil is. And in order to be a supreme being, in order to be the supreme being, you are going to have to be the greatest possible standard of all that is good, right, and true. It's part of the definition of God. So God is the ultimate. He is the ultimate imperfection, the ultimate moral standard. We believe that our uh, understanding of morality, we believe that objective moral goodness, these are things that actually flow from his nature as the kind of being that he is. And so when we sin, we're not merely disobeying rules. Okay, that's not what's in view. We're not merely disobeying rules. We're not um, merely forgetting to check a couple boxes, okay, on the checklist of good and right things to do. That's not what's going on. What's going on there is we have a duty. We have a moral duty to approximate to God's standard. And guess what? We fail. We fail. And we all fail and we will all continue to fail. And that is why we need God's righteousness. That is why we need God's imputed righteousness in our lives. Okay. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And that's exactly the same way that you and I will be in that eternal relationship with God. We believe him. We give our loyalty and our lives to him and it will be counted to us for righteousness. That is just what it means to be saved. And so why should we avoid sin? Well, again, because it's so much bigger than just um, not following the rules. What it is, it's a failure to approximate to the standard of the God who redeemed your soul, gave you life in the first place. He is the creator. He is the judge. And so that is the big deal with sin. It's a failure to approximate to the standard of the one who is perfect and the one who has rescued you. Okay, yes, he has given us guidelines and things in his word, for sure. There are things that are very, very clearly laid out, and some of these things are necessary to kind of accommodate to a limited human mind. But insofar as we can possibly understand, we must, we must keep ourselves from sin because it breaks that fellowship. It hurts God. It harms our relationship with him in that sense. And it's a failure to approximate to who he is and what he demands. So let's understand the real gravity of sin. Let's understand that just what it is that sin is and how it works against us. It's hurting us more than it's hurting anybody else. But your sin does have consequences that bellow all throughout. Um, your sin will affect your family. Your sin will affect your friends. It will affect those around you. It will affect your brothers and sisters in Christ. But it will affect you and it will affect your relationship with God. And that is a very big, big deal. All right. Thank you for listening this week's episode and I hope you will go to steveschram.com and check out the resources that we have 
over there. We've got a few books for you now. We've got podcasts and videos and blog posts and articles that you can find there to um, help you grow in your walk with God, really, and to uh, to share your faith more persuasively. That is the goal here. We want to help you do those things and teach you more and more about God's world and God's word. Love doing that. So God bless you. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye.